This is the Shrimps Verdict podcast. All opinions expressed to those of the individual contributors and not necessarily those of either Morecambe Football Club or of Beyond Radio. Every kick, every game, every goal. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio. Turn from Hussey. Hussey will need to get back on that left foot. He does. Man marked in the middle. It was Rem Ortain. He's put it over the bar. Senior then goes crossfield looking for Bloxham again. And Bloxham has won it. He's hit the back of the Walsall player. Shot comes in on target. Good save from Owen Evans. First clear cut chance as Love goes down this touchline. It's Bloxham. Turns well. Gets it to McKeonan. Here is King, chance here for King, puts it through to Mayer, yes! And the Shrimps are on the board, 24 minutes on the clock, cool finish from Adam Mayer, and Morecambe lead by a goal to nil, great build-up play, superb pass, just rolled it into the direction of Mayer, and Mayer finishes left-footed, and Morecambe lead here on Beyond Radio by a goal 2-0. The throw comes in, it's straight to a Walsall player though, and that's Ryan Sturk. Sturk goes forward, trying to play advantage, it's come through to Johnson, and Johnson scored. Great advantage played, and Walsall have equalised. Ball from Sturk, was the challenge. Songo's been booked in the back of it all, but Walsall are level. 38 minutes on the clock, and it's Daniel Johnson with the equaliser. It's come completely against the runner play, if you ask me. Just a long ball from Ryan Sturk. Under big pressure from Jan Songo. Songo's been booked for his challenge, but Walsall are backing it here at the Mazuma Mobile Stadium. It is Morecambe 1, Walsall 1. Very disappointing. Goes to Mayer on that left-hand touchline. Mayer cuts in field. Chance here for King. Mellon! Oh, it's just gone over the bar. Great chance for the Shrimps. Goes back to Sturk and Gordon has it again. Out on this left-hand side with Sturk. Sturk towards the line, comes back to Gordon Gordon can't control very well Gordon with the shot, goes over the top of the bar and that's the first real chance we've had in this second half, seven minutes gone, Johnson gets it back gets it out right to the right and Riley, Riley with the cross big chance for the man who's just come on Douglas Taylor and it's gone over the bar Derek's getting very animated again on the touchline as the ball's moved forward and it's got through to Johnson Johnson's just trying to knock it through has a second shot it's come off the post and back into the hands of a grateful Stuart Moore big let off there for the Shrimps Daniel Johnson almost got a second of the afternoon he beat Stuart Moore hit the post fortunately the ball came back into the Morecambe goalkeeper's hands here's the long Longish throw, it's headed on. Turn for Mellon. First shot straight at the keeper, though. Best chance that Markham have had in this second half so far. In the box, it's going to be 
Adam Mayer with this free kick. Here it comes. Great pass. Great pass. Oh, it's like a pass. It's good. Brennan Rawson has scored. And have Morecambe won this game. Superb free kick from Adam Mayer. There was carnage in the Warsaw box. The ball has come up. And it's Brennan Rawson with the goal. And Morecambe lead by two goals to one. Baron Rawson, has he got three points for the Shrimps? What a dramatic ending here on Beyond Radio. Marco are back in front. They lead by two goals to one. Reaction to the action. This is the Shrimps' verdict on Beyond Radio. It's uh, against a team that uh, this football club's uh, never won against at home, I believe. So um, it was a great win for us today to... You know, be a team that uh, are looking to get uh, into the playoffs, maybe out of this league uh, this season. And, uh, you know, we came here today and we played ever so well. You know, in that first half, um, we also had one opportunity and it was a mistake by us uh, to score. And I thought that we passed the ball well. The goal we scored was sublime. You know, it came from a throw on one side, it got to the other side of the pitch. A magnificent time of the pass uh, from King and uh, Adam Muir. You know, finished really well, and uh, I think that it was nothing more than we deserved. We could have gone on and added more to our, our goal-scoring tally at that stage, and then we get sucker punched. You know, we don't do well with the situation down our left hand, uh, our right-hand side. Um, we try and make a tackle, and then a 40-yard pass uh, gets through, and the Johnston's one and one with our defence, and uh, we don't defend well enough. But you know to fight as we did in the second half because it became a wee bit like that it was a bit scrappy we nervous as first games of the season are um, you know we looked like uh, we had the opportunity to, to go in and win the game and uh, a great cross in from, from Adam Mayer for the, for the goal Adam Mayer mentioned there a goal and an assist big season for him his second season in the Football League and uh, he couldn't have done much better today could he? No, we're playing with a front three of 19 years of age and uh, you know I don't think there'll be many teams uh, in this league that have had a younger average age than we've had today starting the season. So um, it's really pleasing for these young players because they're having to grow up quickly and they've done that today. Uh, Rawson, uh, who's the club captain, has, has gone and you know headed the winner uh, and it was just a, a really good performance from us today to you know typify how well we've done in pre-season. Been a tough preseason. We've five debuts today, two second debuts as well. You've had a lot of changing to do, but uh, you'll go on having a happy tonight, I'm sure. Yeah, it's been a really difficult time. You know, we were left with six players from last season. We had to sign 13 players to, to get a squad to, to 19. We've got 19 players at this moment in time, and um, we looked to add three more to that squad to take it to 22. But uh, you know, I thought that the players were great today. Uh, I loved how they, they came in after the game the spirit they showed throughout the, uh, the 90 minutes and uh, and beyond that. You talked about the three added players that you're looking for. Is that hopefully in the next week or two? Well, it has to be, uh, with the window closing. Um, so, you know, it'll be before the window closes. You've got a big game again Tuesday night against Rotherham, so uh, no time to rest and just carry on where you left off, really. Yeah, I mean, that's the, the thing about the start of the season. You know, you play Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday for the first you know, few weeks of the season and uh, you've got to be ready for it. We went to Rotherham last season in the, the League Cup and uh, we go there again uh, this Tuesday night. One thing that people will discuss, I'm sure, after today's game was 20 minutes of added time was one thing. 
11 bookings uh, overall as well. It's uh, Football's changed a bit, isn't it? You've got a lot to think about there. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think it's for the better, and that's me talking at the first game of the season. Uh, I don't think it is best of the way it happened today. I think that, um, you know, for a supporter, uh, for management, for players, I think um, it was about confusing how the way situations take place, the amount of bookings that they are in the game, the amount of stoppage time that's taking place, the amount of stoppages that happen in the game. It was stop, start, stop, start. I don't think that's the beautiful game. I don't think that that's what the public can be able to, to see. The decision makers have made their decision. Speaking on behalf of many managers, coaches, supporters uh, this afternoon, because it's okay having the extra time, but it's the manner how it's got to that uh, extra time. And um, I just think that you know it, it, the amount of bookings you have, the thought process of having the same number of timelines in place, six bookings, but the six bookings now include the, the coaching staff and management staff. If you're going to throw them out like confetti, then clubs like ourselves with small squads is going to find it uh, you know, very difficult. But that's not part of the thought, the, the thought process. It doesn't matter about the football clubs. It's, it only matters about uh, the rules of the game and uh, how some powers of be think about it uh, you know, upstairs. And uh, listen, uh, it's not the way that I would like to see you know, football go. It's been tough pre-season for you. It's been tough for the club. It's been tough for the fans as well. But they've come back today, a crowd of over 4,000, which was magnificent, I thought. Yeah, I mean, I think that um, you know, it shows the, the backing they've got for their club and the community. And uh, they've really got behind this football club. We've gone through a difficult uh, summer. We all know the troubles that we've got uh, off the pitch and... Um, we have to, you know, get that rectified and behind the scenes. Uh, hopefully, uh, in the coming weeks, months, years, that uh, it'll come about and, and, and change. I was, uh, I think, first and, uh, first and foremost, it was a gritty performance. We didn't have it our whole uh, our way the whole game, and um, I think obviously it's a, it's a relatively new set of lads, and I think we've shown glimpses of what we can do. And, and also, I think the good thing about the whole thing is that. We're going to get better. We're only going to get better with more training, more games. Um, yeah, so it's exciting. Obviously, really nice to get the winner. But first and foremost, you want to get off to a good start. And I think over the night, we were probably deserving of the win. They come here and, and they played well, to be fair to them. They're not a bad side. But like I said, in those tough moments, we stuck in there. And um, I was one of the lucky ones who was, uh, fell to me and I ended up getting on the end of it, which is brilliant. You've got to score that many goals, but uh, ones you've scored, two 90-second minute winners, ain't so far. I, <laughs> I was green last year as well. Quality, not quantity, that's what I'm <laughs> going for. But now, now um, I think with uh, my presence in both of the boxes, it's definitely an aim of, of mine to, I should be getting more goals. So the management, myself, have uh, been drilling that into, my, into me. And um, long may it continue. I'll, I'll keep trying to put my head on things and, and, and trying to get the results, yeah. Disappointing end to last season. How important was it to get off to a good start today, like you did? Like I said, last season, I think I said it earlier, uh, last season's put to bed now. It's a, it's a new challenge. This league's very difficult, um, throws its own challenges, and um, it's massive to get off to a, to a good start. But like I said, is the good thing about it is that we're, we're growing side. I think there's more to come from us, and it's exciting. I think it's exciting for the fans. Hopefully, they've seen something today where 
where we are we're determined, we're resilient, and, and we've got that side to us where we can play football as well. And uh, I think we opened up, uh, opened them up on many occasions. We had a, a very young front line slash midfield, and I think the lads thrived today. Mellon up front, he battled away. Obviously, they had some big centre offs, and uh, he, he threw his weight around, and, and they, they felt his presence. And then you have Ads and Tom who running relentlessly, doing the work for the boys, and then JJ, and then the midfield lads behind him who were keeping the ball ticking. So I think, honestly, the lads can all put a big pat on their backs. And um, like I said, it's just a start, so got to build on it now. And I'm sure enjoy today, but then, like I say, is the season started. Everyone's been waiting for it, and um, we've got plenty of games coming, so it's on to the next. Adam May, one goal, one assist, a great start to him as well for the season. Adam Adam's unbelievable today. He's been unbelievable since he's come into the building. I think um, everyone can see his ability, his, uh, his pace, his rawness, his 1v1s. The ball, he, I think you just have to look at the ball he put into the box for the goal. It was outstanding and he's an asset to have and he's a, he's a good lad as well. What makes it even better. So now I'm buzzing for Adam. Hopefully he can continue his form for us. Do you know what I mean? He can, he can keep contributing him game by game. But now we've got, I think as you can see, that the manager spoke about we haven't got the biggest budget but we've gone for quality we've brought in young hungry determined youngsters with a, a bit of experience around that to, to guide them and push them on and I think like I said it wasn't a finished article today but something we can definitely build on Thank you Farron one from me what difference did that formation change make 20 minutes from time you knew you went to three at the back um, I think I think the manager I think if if you've come and watched us before the manager ain't afraid to change things up when he sees something where end of the day it's a, it's a, it's a 90 minute game but it's a lot longer now and and in, in parts in the games you might need something else and, and obviously the manager's the best man for that to see that and to make those decisions and obviously he's seen something and thought it was a little bit more reassured to go to go with the three at the back, and um, like you see, is we stayed solid. We didn't concede another goal, and, and we ended up nicking one. So it was the right decision in the end. Thank you for downloading episode 118 of the Shrimps Verdict podcast. This is Dave Salmon. What an occasion it was then yesterday at the Mazuma Mobile Stadium. Brilliant way to start the new campaign in League Two with that dramatic 92nd minute winner from Farrand Rawson putting his head where angels fear to tread to secure all three points on opening day. And you know what? I think it was on balance of play, thoroughly deserved as well. I think on the first half performance, we were by far the better team throughout the whole of the the game, really. I was going to say the whole of the 90 minutes, but uh, for the whole of the almost 110 minutes, uh, goalkeeper Stuart Moore didn't have a lot to do, really, did he? Didn't have a save to make in the Shrimps goal, a couple of catches, and that was about it, apart from uh, Walsall's goal from uh, Danny Johnson in the first half to equalise. Our keeper didn't really have much to do, I thought, first half, uh, we were comfortably the better team. Bit more scrappy, bit more of a battle in the second half as Walsall came into it a little bit more without really threatening the goal, as I say. Uh, but to get that last-minute winner in front of the Halo Terrace, uh, it was quite the sight to behold, wasn't it? Thanks so much to Matt Horton for looking after commentary duties. Matt is back in the box on Tuesday for the trip to Rotherham in the first round of the Carabao Cup as uh, I will be travelling back uh, from my jolly holidays. I'll be back in the commentary box uh, for the Mansfield game on Saturday. 
And because I'm travelling back uh, from holiday on Tuesday and Wednesday, uh, there will be no podcast after the Rotherham game. And that is why we are looking ahead to the Mansfield game right now. I've been talking to Craig Priest. Craig is a Mansfield Town commercial radio commentator and is the brains behind the fabulous Mansfield Matters. Uh, go and have a look for it. Search for it online. Uh, there's a YouTube channel as well uh, talking all things stags ahead of our trip to play Nigel Clough's men next Saturday afternoon. And if you can't make the game, full match commentary, of course, as ever on Shrimps Live will be on FM and DAB Plus Digital Radio across North Lancashire and South Cumbria and I follow shrimps from 255. Uh, so Craig thanks for jumping on our podcast really appreciate it before we get going uh, tell us everything we need to know about Mansfield Matters. Oh yeah trying to keep this uh, short and sweet so Mansfield Matters started in around 2011 it started off as a radio show on a local community radio station mixed in with some live commentary and then seven years ago yesterday um, we recorded our first podcast after a while. We'd, uh, we'd stopped doing commentary. We got promoted to the Football League. We'd had a bit of a break. And uh, basically, I went to a pre-season friendly, bumped into a few old faces, and we're all saying, do you know what? We've really missed like doing a sports show. I've not really got a reason to be going to games. Well, why don't we all get together, do a podcast, give us something to talk about? Because at the time... I don't drink, so I didn't go down the pub, so I didn't have an excuse to talk to people about football. Um, Nathan, who did it with us um, and still does every now and again, although he's a little bit busier playing dad now, is uh, registered blind. So he had some confidence issues at the time. He'd just been, um, it just gone fully blind. Uh, and then we had Cam, who was a young lad at the time, who was wanting to get a bit more experience in sport and media. So just sort of jumped on board and it evolved from there, really. It was going all right, plotting along. And then the COVID season, the season that we like to forget, came along. And obviously, every, nobody could go to the games. And the podcast just shot up. And we did stuff wrapped around on a match day. And it just grew and grew and grew. And yeah, it's uh, it, it's just one of those weekly things. I still don't go to the pub. Um, <laughs> others still want a, a platform to talk about the, the game and, and have a dedicated Mansfield Town place. So that's uh, exactly what we do, really. You know, my favourite kind of pod, Craig, if you don't mind me saying, because you're not corporate, you're for the fans, the fans come on, you tell it like it is, if it's good, it's good, if if it's bad, then you say so. Yeah, and that's the, that's the best thing, we don't care, um, It's we, we do it because Mansfield matters to us, that's our little tagline, you know, we say it how it is, we, we say it how we see it, and it's all about opinions, it's never been about looking at the stats, looking at the numbers, seeing who's watching, seeing who's listening. It's great that people are, but it's always just been for us to have a discussion. And the fact that people can join in that discussion and share their thoughts is great and is what keeps driving us. So, yeah, um, it will take a lot to stop us, to be fair, in terms of us not doing it anymore. So, yeah, really, really do enjoy it. And I think, you know, there's been opportunity, there's been times where it has been a little bit more corporated. So a couple of seasons ago when Mansfield got to the playoff final. I was doing commentary for the local commercial radio station at the time. So we sort of had that little bit more of a dressing room element. We got to get the interviews from the managers and the players sort of after the game and put the commentary highlights in. But it still stayed true to its roots in terms of it being a, a platform for fans to talk. And it was never, the podcast itself was never on commercial radio. It was always independent. And that's exactly 
how we want to keep it. And you've got your, I can see you've got a couple of your press lanyards proudly displayed behind you as well. I've got hundreds of those in my spare room. So uh, they're nice things to collect, aren't they? A great thing to be part of as well. Yeah, they are. I mean, radio has always been a big part of my life personally. It's how my career started and, and sort of things like that. So it's always played a key part. And that particular season where we got to Wembley a couple of seasons ago came completely out of the, the blue. The, the regular commentator at the time um, had a problem with his eyesight, so he couldn't cover a few of the games. And I got a phone call from my old um, mentor, Tony, who said, I know you're going tonight. I know it might be sorting away on a Tuesday night, but I know you're going. So will you fill in for it? And I did. Ended up doing the rest of the season, um, met a few new people. And, yeah, the sort of stuff behind me is sort of a little bit of a, a collab, which my missus put together, bless her, for me as a, as a Christmas present. And uh, yeah, it reminds me of some uh, some good times. So it's always there, along with several other bits of Mansfield memorabilia, which was, I can assure you, was the first thing I put up in this house when I moved in six months ago. <laughs> Let's talk about matters on the field then, Craig, uh, if we may. And uh, a slight caveat here, we are speaking on Thursday evening before our respective opening games of the season due to, uh, well, holiday reasons, really. I'm still poolside on, on, in Greece, so uh, there you go. Uh, but um, all things being equal, I, I suppose the, the first thing is it comes around dead quick, doesn't it? It doesn't seem three months since the end of the season, but here we are again. Yeah, I think that's that's one thing, isn't it? You, everyone goes off on the summer holiday and then as soon as that pre-season friendly comes around, you, you're back into the full swing of it. So I guess for most people, it's already been been going for a month. So I imagine 90% of people will go to the majority of the pre-season friendlies and, and, and start. But once that, that whistle goes on Saturday afternoon for, for both of us, for all teams across all divisions, it does feel a little bit real. But like you say, it doesn't feel like five minutes and... Not a lot seem feel it doesn't feel like from a Mansfield perspective that a lot has changed. We've got a few fresh faces, but we've kept the majority of the, the squad. So maybe for us it'll be picking up where we left off. And if we do do that, then that's just gonna be playing with a little bit of desperation and trying to score an actual goal, but we'll wait and see. Now the last two seasons, Greg, you've been there or thereabouts, haven't you, really, in terms of the, the, the promotion mix? Is it is it fair to say though that this season coming up the task is even harder given the teams in League Two. This is the hardest season to get out of League Two. I think anyone has seen for a good five, six seasons. You look at all of the teams which have come down from League One, all of those will be competing to go straight back up and doing so. Maybe less so Forest Green with, with what happened in terms of the change of manager and, and things like that, but they'll still have a bit of money to throw at it come January. The two teams that have come up from the National League, Wrexham and Notts County, you know, both of those could have run the, the league twice outright, you know, last season and they will be itching for back-to-back promotions. And then you've got those who missed out last season. I think we were still about the day and I think there's 14, maybe 15 teams that are all competing for the top seven. And I think that's going to make for a really, really competitive division. And you throw it onto the top of that from a Mansfield that we've been there two seasons there or thereabouts and then one goal shy of finishing the playoffs last season there's an expectation there and that does carry a little bit of uh, a bit of weight so it's interesting to see how things play out but for me if you want to be successful this season you've got to start well because I don't think there'll be any room for slipping up for any club so let's look at that summer then Craig you've alluded to the squads already not too many in goings and outgoings how are you shaping up ahead of the new season 
Yeah, it's, it's going all right. I think Mansfield fans would have liked in one more striker um, to come in, just to add a little bit of firepower, considering how we ended last season, you know, one goal shy of finishing the playoffs, one uh, striker would have been, uh, an extra striker would have been nice, just to bolster that sort of uh, front line a little bit. But we've strengthened defensively. And when I say strengthened defensively, we really, really have. We've we've really put the work in. You look at, um, you know, Elliot Hewitt was one of our better players last season. He got a, a horrific injury towards the back end of the campaign, which will put him out basically all season. We've replaced him with, with Bailey Cargill. Um, we've brought in Aaron Lewis from uh, Newport as well, who can also play in midfield. We've literally just signed Aidan Flynn in the last hour or so, which is a massive signing for us. And also with uh, Stephen McLaughlin set to miss uh, maybe three months or so of the season, we've also added Callum McDonald on a two-year deal um, as well, formerly of Tranmere. So we've added some real good defensive options to stop us, um, you know, leaking silly goals. And when you look at the other additions we've made as well, we've brought in George Williams, another experienced player, former MK Dons promotion winner as well. And then with that, we've also made loans permanent. So the two players we had last season, Christy Pym, he signed a two-year deal following a loan from Peterborough last year. And the biggest one, we've really, really gone to town and splashed out. Will Swan, who was top scorer last season from on loan from Nottingham Forest, has signed a three-year deal with a further year option. So we've really kept the majority of last season's squad together, but really made key additions in in those defensive areas so it's shaping up quite well we've got a couple of uh, knocks and niggles as we did have last season but uh, I think on paper we're looking a lot stronger than than what we did but I think we'd just all be a little bit happier and a little bit easier if we just got that one extra striker just to you know alleviate those bad dreams at night we have got a young striker in James Gale who's been with us a couple of seasons now he's uh, 2021. We got him from Long Eaton United where he was absolutely bagging goals for fun. And every time he came on in sort of, you know, spits and spats, you know, the Carabao Cup and uh, Papa John's Trophy here and an occasional sub-appearance there, he did well and impressed. And last season, because we had these injury problems, he was playing a lot more frequently and certainly towards the back end of the campaign was getting a lot more game time. He's big, he's physical, he's powerful, he's got pace, he knows where the back of the net is as well. And he's a real good young talent, probably ahead of his years. So as much as we say about bringing a striker in, we've got that option to really develop him in-house there as well. And uh, I actually feel like he will get a good run this season. You know, working off the likes of Lucas Aikens and Jordan Barry, who have been there and done it, he'll learn a lot. And uh, yeah, we could have a, a good player on our hands. So, you know, maybe, you know, maybe being a teenager is the way forward. I certainly wish that I could shave a few years off my life and go back and change a few things. So... I would say I'm, I'm, I'm peak retirement age now if it was football in terms. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm a bit past that, but anyway, we'll move on from that. Um, let's talk about the manager then, Craig, if we may. Nigel Clough doesn't need any introduction, does he? But is it fair to say that he's under a little bit of pressure to get Mansfield there or thereabouts this season? Or, or where does he stand in terms of credit in the bank in that respect? I think he's under massive pressure. Um, the first season he came in after the, the COVID season, after Graham Cochran completely screwed us over and uh, messed us up and left us languishing near the bottom. He had a rebuild job to, to, to do. We had players who were on four times the money that they should have been on. Uh, even though they were good players, it just wasn't working. Um, and he had to reduce the budget to get better players in. 
they did that the following season, the one where we uh, got to the playoff final. He uh, brought almost a new squad in and really hit the ground running. We went on a tremendous run, but we were just probably a little bit short. But that season, we had no expectation on us. And do you know what? Mansfield Town thrive when there's no expectation on them. Last season, because we'd finished in the playoff final and, you know, come so close to getting promotion, everybody expects us to go on and, and, and go on better and finish in the automatics. And it just didn't click. We tried to play a new system. We were stubborn with it for too long. Didn't change it early enough. And when we did, we started to click and, and gel, but it was too little too late. And again, because we ended up finishing one goal outside of the playoff places, there's an expectation there again. We've got record season ticket sales, over 5,000 uh, sold. So people are expecting Mansfield to, to go on and, and do well this season. And uh, in the past, the owners have been a little bit ruthless in terms of managers not getting promotion. They've stuck with Nigel Clough for uh, a long time now. And I do feel that this season will be uh, do or die. His contract was up in the summer. He signed a, an extension um, just after the season had finished to sort of uh, stop those rumours that he might be leaving. But per me personally, I think um, if we don't get that good start, if we're not in and around it by maybe early to mid-November, I think there may be whisperings that something could happen and could potentially change. I've worked with him. I, I like him. Um, he's a good manager. He motivates his players and he does even though sometimes it can be seen as negative, does play some good football and you can't argue with the, the where we've finished in the last couple of seasons. But um, yeah, I think the, the telling will be in the results. We've clearly made the investments and I think after three seasons of or two seasons of being in and around it, the payoff has to come sooner rather than later. So maybe it is do or die. We'll see. Let's talk about those tactics then, Craig. What can we expect from a 2020s? Of Mansfield Town formations, tactics, what do we need to know? Well, if you'd have asked me an hour ago, I would have said we'd play a 4-3-3 or a 4-3-1-2, however you want to call it, with one man just behind the uh, the front two. But since the uh, the signing of uh, Aidan Flint less than a, an hour ago, the experienced defender, um, it could well change. Nigel Clough may well go back to that um Five at the back. If he does, um, you can have my season ticket back because I don't think we'll get anywhere because I still don't think we've got the players um, to play it because it will probably mean that he'll put Jordan Barry or Lucas Aikens, two out-and-out strikers at, at wing-back as he did um, last season. Um, maybe I'll be proved wrong. I hope I, I hope that I am. That's you know the, the, the one thing every football supporter wants to be is, is proved wrong. Um, there's certainly potential for, for that formation, but I think given what Nigel Clough saw last season and the signings that he's made from January of of last uh, of this year, I think we're set up now to be a 4-3-3, to be a proactive attacking team, to play out from the back, to utilise those, those full-backs of Callum McDonald and um, Callum Johnson to get forward down the wings and for the midfield just to sit back and, and, and hold and then to sort of uh, push forward and give us some fluidity as well. So uh, I think we'll be a back four three in midfield and then we'll either be a three up top or a, a two with one in behind, which will usually be Davies Keeler Dunn, who of course is uh, itching to, to have another good season under his belt after finishing strongly last time. The only question that I've got about your team is that you have a, a certain Mr. Rawson, or you did last season at, uh, at centre-back, who uh, some, some members of the Mansfield Matters podcast liked him, 
Others, I'm going to name no names, had a nickname for him and it was Traffic Home. So we'll wait and see. But I'm looking forward to welcoming him back. He's a, a nice lad. He's Faz. Uh, interviewed him a few times. Really good good lad. Um, I think you'll, you'll provide an added bit of com competitive element to what is already a very juicy mix in League Two. We like Faz very much. He was one of our best players last season. He's going to be one of our, hopefully one of our best players this season as well. In fact, of the of the squad that that, uh, that that came down, we kept only six senior players. We had to let the rest of the first team squad go on a free transfer because of our ongoing financial and ownership issues, which hasn't helped. But Faz was one of the half a dozen who'd signed a two-year contract, so he was kind of stuck at Morecambe, really. But so yeah. I'm glad he's still here. He had a great season last season. Hopefully, he can uh, he can get one over on you this time. I feel a little bit sorry for Faz because his Mansfield days were marred with the, the COVID era and the Graham Coughlin disaster. That's that's what we'll call it, the disaster. Um, when Coughlin was in, in post and, and Faz had just signed for us, it wasn't uh, an easy time for, for the defence. And then Richard Cooper took caretaker charge and he sort of gelled alongside James Perch. But when Nigel Clough came in, for whatever reason... He didn't fancy him as much and he, he's, his playing time was significantly reduced. And then certainly uh, the playoff season, when we got to the playoff final, he started the season, but again, dropped off and he was preferred. Um, he ended up being preferred. Uh, Ollie Hawkins, who's now at Gillingham, playing in his actual position as a centre-forward rather than a centre-back, which is where Nigel Clough bizarrely played him every week and saw him and referred to him to. Um, he he took Faz's place and he just didn't get in and it was always on the cards that he was he was going to leave and uh, you know I wish him all the best. I, I I always said that if he was given a run of games and a solid centre half partner, he'd be a good solid player for for any team. So I, I'm under no shock whatsoever that he's loved by the uh, by the Morecambe faithful and of course he'll come back and score three goals against us. Won't he? It, it's a typical Faz move. Well, he scored against Forest Green Rovers to win us the game last season yeah. with the last kick of the game. So, you know, there you go. He did that for us as well when he played for us. He scored against Forest Green. So, uh, yeah, I look forward to uh, <laughs> those games and fast popping up on the score sheet. And uh, another Morecambe connection, Craig, is uh, is Reese Oates. Uh, we oh. liked Reese when he played for us. I don't think he, I don't think he was quite the finished article when he was at Morecambe, but uh, since then he's, he's gone and had uh, had a few good years since then. Yeah, old roadrunner, as we referred to him uh, in commentary a few times in the playoff season. Um, very, very quick, very good goal scorer, knows where the back of the net is. But like every striker, hampered by injury and those injuries affected him. He was he had such a good campaign the first year when we got to the, uh, the, the playoff final. He was instrumental to that. And then when we lost him, um, we really struggled without him and we, we had a blip and... When he came back, we rushed him back because we didn't have the options and probably did him more damage than good. And again, last season, because he was, you know, forced to play um, towards the back end of the previous campaign, his recovery time wasn't as much, didn't get in the, the side at the start of the campaign. And when he did, we'd completely changed formation. Research for me is the type of player that will thrive in a forward three or, or a front two. He's not the type of player to be a lone striker and, that's where we ended up playing him when we played the, the ridiculous five at the back last season. And he, he didn't get the service and therefore lacks the confidence and, and lacked goals. This year, I think 
since the arrival of uh, Davis, Keeler, Dunn and, and Will Swan the permanent, with those players there and, you know, the play, likes of Lucas Aikens, Jordan Barry and James Gale all backing him up, I think he'll have a good com- campaign. I think he'll hit the ground running. He'll score a few goals for us. And we've already seen in pre-season the little glimpse of, of pace that he's starting to get back. So, touch wood, he can stay injury-free. I think he'll be a, a, a key player for us. Craig, really appreciate your time, mate. Thank you for battling through the the technical issues and we'll edit it all together seamlessly so people listening to this will know absolutely no different. But uh, really appreciate your time, mate. Just before you go, uh, let's have a few predictions. Uh, firstly, of course, Saturday. First home game of the season has to be a home win. And I, I think the thing about Mansfield is, which I probably didn't express enough earlier, is the key to our success in that playoff season was by far our support at home and the way we were, the way we played, our um, our support, our crowd. We sold out the stadium nearly every week. We made some real noise and really made the, the stadium bounce. Last season, we didn't do that as much. And shock horror, we weren't as good as home as we were away because we, we made the noise away from home. So there'll be a real, real eagerness i think if we get a good result at crew to make that noise at home and to, to make it a real fortress again so um if we get a win away at crew and then get a good result in midweek at home against grimsby in the carabao cup i think you'll struggle to come to, to come to us and i think we we may i'm going to be bold and say i think we, we may score a couple of goals and we, we might we might have to send you home with your, your tails between your legs with a three no win I completely disagree, but I wouldn't expect you to say anything any different, Craig. So thank you very much. This this may well be an audio medium, but I can tell you we're on a video crawl right now. I can tell you that Dave was very much nodding there when I said a 3 0 win for Mansfield. So don't believe a word he says in future. (laughs) Thank you very much indeed for for dropping in there, Craig. We'll we'll definitely leave that one in the edit. That's that's no problem at all. (laughs) And uh, final prediction before you go, mate if it's not Mansfield winning the league or going up automatically, who is? Tough question. Like I said earlier, you know, there are. 14, 15 teams all vying for, for seven spaces. Three of those are automatic. If I were going to put my money anywhere, I think you'd be you'd be hard-pressed to look past Wrexham if they get a good start. I think how they adjust to life in League Two will be a big thing. Do you know what? As as much as it pains me to say it, Notts County are going to be up there at all, aren't they? they they've made some good signings. Oh, I can't put my money on one team. Uh, do you know? Do you know? I don't think many people will back them because they, they don't tend to spend a lot of money. But the structure they have at the club put somebody on Accrington being top seven. Oh, okay. I, I don't know. There's just something about Accrington and their manager and the way they they stay as a club. They're one of those teams, aren't they? Who teams? Maybe a little bit like yourselves if you had a few more, if you'd retained a few more players who teams right off. And it's that small, tight community, which it's always a difficult place to go through. And, you know, he sets them up as a difficult team to beat. So, yeah, put a bit of money on, put a bit of money on them. Well, we'll try not to put 50p on Accrington. I don't think you'll get any more fan betting, betting on Accrington to do well, Craig. I'll be absolutely frank with you there. But uh, there's always a dark horse, I suppose, isn't there? So uh, uh, we'll wait and see. Uh, Craig, thanks very much indeed. Just before you go, uh, give us the, uh, the, the sales pitch one more time for Mansfield Matt. 
Uh, well, you can find us on most social media at MCFC Matters. We do it a little bit differently to others, um, so we don't just record the podcast. We broadcast it live because we like to get people's involvement and comments. So follow us on social media if you want a little bit of a watch. Um, we go live on different days to try and beat algorithms and work patterns and availability. So just to just have a little look and you'll, you'll find us uh, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. Come and join the fun and uh, yeah, have an enjoyable season. Hope it's a successful one for you, but only if we're in the mix with you. <laughs> That's a nice place to leave it. Craig, thank you so much indeed, my friend. Uh, good luck for the season after Saturday, of course, and uh, we'll speak to you next time where hopefully we're both going to be in decent positions in the league, wherever that might be. Fingers crossed. Thanks, mate. Every kick, every game, every goal. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio.